Good morning. Hi, welcome. Come and find a place among all our pretty flowers. Come sit close. I have a book to share today. Hi, guys. Come up. Hi, Bear. Hi, Colt. Got some more friends on the way. Good morning. Come on up. Hi, Cooper. Good morning. Hi, Ethan. Well, are you having fun getting your house ready for Christmas? Uh huh. Does anybody have a tree up? Yeah. Um, anybody have a wreath on their door? Hmm. Few wreaths. Yeah. What other kind of things do you have in your house? What do you have? Stockings. <gasps> have stockings, Cooper. Yeah, all kinds of Christmassy and wintry things. Mm-hmm. And the Christmas tree, yes. Mistletoe. What do you have? Elf on the shelf. Elf on the shelf. Is he up to mischief? Yes. Oh boy. We have like a little snow house. Oh. It does. That is one of my other favorite things all year because we have these wonderful boxes and they're full of all these treasures. And most of the year they're in a closet in our house. And when it gets close to Christmas and we get to open those boxes, it's just so exciting because we remember so many of them. Oh, remember this snowman? And oh, I remember this nativity. And oh, do you remember this ornament? Can I hang up this ornament? And everybody has their favorites. And some of the things we remember who gave them to us or where we got them from, it's just, it's so fun. And at our house, we don't get them out all in one day, well, because there's a lot. But (laughs) we got out the nutcrackers, we got out the tree. I confess, our tree doesn't have any ornaments on it yet, only lights. We still have to get out all our ornaments. But I brought a storybook with us today because there have been people getting ready for Christmas for a long, long time. And I've had this book for a while. It reminds us of, well, why do we put up a tree at Christmas? Why do we have lights at Christmas? And it helps us remember that some of our favorite things go way, way back. And they've been other people's favorite things, too. It's called My Merry Christmas and the Real Reason for Christmas Joy. It says, what is Christmas? Do you know? Gifts and food and lots of snow. Well, maybe not in Texas. Twinkling lights and Christmas tree, angel stars and family. Yes, all of that and even more. So what is Christmas really for? Well, the lights, the lights that glitter on the tree tell us that Jesus came to be a light for us. And so we say this Christmas time and every day, Light our way, dear Lord, we pray. Angels. Does anybody have angels in their house for Christmas? Angels sparkling in the light remind us that angels sang that night. Which night do you think they're talking about? The night Jesus was born. Absolutely. They sang, good news, God's son is born today. Jesus is born. Hooray, hooray. Sing for joy. On Christmas Day. Oh, the tree. I saw lots of hands that said you had trees. And have you noticed most of the trees in Texas don't have any leaves on them right now? But I bet your Christmas tree does. I bet it's green. 
The tree that's green when others die. Tell us Jesus came and why. To give us life. And so we say, this Christmas time and every day, live in us, dear Lord, we pray. Twinkling atop our tree. What's on top of this big old tree? Mm-hmm, a star. Tell us that wise men traveled far to find the king. And so we say, this Christmas time and every day, be our king, our Lord, we pray. Uh-huh. You, yeah, we do too. Yep. The gifts. Do you have any gifts under your tree yet? Oh, not yet. Ours only has one under it right now. The gifts that sit beneath our tree, they tell us that God loves you and me. For Christmas Day is when we sing. We welcome you, our newborn king, born in the lowly cattle stall. You're the greatest gift of all. This Christmas time and every day, thank you, God, for Christmas Day. We have so many wonderful things. And the most wonderful is the gift of God's love for you and for me. And we remember that this day. So let's pray. We'll tell God thank you. Are you ready? You ready? As we say, dear God, thank you for lights and trees and angels and stars. For the gift of Jesus, for the gift of your love, for me, for all your children. We love you, Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm so glad you're in worship today. This second Sunday of Advent, we are going to hear some words that are very familiar and very beautiful to many of us. We are in the 40th chapter of Isaiah, and we will begin reading at verse 1. Listen for the word of God. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. 
Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O oh God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. I hope you have noticed on the inside middle panel of your bulletin that beautiful graphic of a children's book called Refuge. And that is our Advent and Christmas theme this year. It is the theme which Kitty and the Chancel Choir are taking off of. Um, that is the, the, um, the meat of their Chancel Choir cantata next week. And I hope you all will be here for that. Um, we landed on this theme actually last December as horrific news was coming out of the Middle East of refugees attempting to cross the Mediterranean seeking safety, seeking refuge. And this little book, actually, of re- called Refuge, um, was written by a woman who wanted to raise money um, for work that advocates and helps care for refugees. And Cokesbury sold it, and portions of the proceeds were given to work with refugees. And it really weighed heavy on our hearts, and I think that it has for many of us throughout this year as we hear astounding numbers. The country of Lebanon, which has a population of about 4 million, about 3 point something million of whom actually live in country, and they are hosting about eh, 1.7, 1.8 refugees. Let that sink in for a minute. About half of the resident population in that tiny country are refugees. People seeking safety because their home is no longer safe. Over the last number of weeks, we have had a group of dedicated volunteers here in our congregation um, who have been interviewing our Reindeer Project families. And if you have been one of those interviewers, we are most grateful for your work. But in interviewing these families who are going to be coming through these doors this coming Thursday night, they have heard stories that have cracked their hearts open. Some of our volunteers have shed tears over what they have learned from these families about what they are dealing with. There are some who 
live in very small houses with little to no furniture, some that are living out of their cars, all of them dedicated to their children's education, to trying to make life as good for them as they possibly can. A lot of these families seek and need refuge of some kind or another. Whether it is a safety net, at least for a short time, that is provided by a loving congregation, whether or not it is trying to get a roof over their heads, there are a different, there are a number of different ways that we seek refuge and we seek safety. There is something that I think I've mentioned to you before, um, that one of my um, Old Testament professors, Dr. Bill Power, called the Deuteronomic Thesis. And that thesis is this. It was held by the school of the Deuteronomists that wrote the book of Deuteronomy, and then their influence also um, can be seen in some of the other books in the Hebrew Scriptures. But this is, this is how it goes. <clears throat> If you follow the statutes and the ordinances of God, then you will prosper and things will go well for you. But if you don't, if you stray from the statutes and the ordinances that God has established for you, then things will go badly for you. So here's the question. Does that leave much room for grace? When we consider these families that we are ministering with and ministering to, have they somehow gone awry of this Deuteronomic thesis? Not necessarily. I love it. That is the question actually that Isaiah asks here in chapter 40. Israel is in exile as chapter 40 opens. And their exile is coming to an end and the prophet is calling for the people of Israel to be comforted because though they may have strayed from the path, what they have suffered is disproportionate. It's disproportionately huger, for lack of a better way of putting it, than any transgression they may have Committed. And the prophet calls for the people to be comforted. And then also for a herald to rise up and to say that the Lord is coming. Indeed, the Lord is coming on the very highway on which you stand. Right now. Our great God is on the road toward us, and the herald is to call for the valleys to be raised up. Do you hear hear Handel going through your mind right now? For the valleys to be raised up and for the mountains to be laid low so that God can come even faster. For the world is in deep need of refuge. As Brother Josh preached in the early service, 
Our world is pretty screwed up. How many shootings, Josh, this year? It was 307. In calendar year 2017, at least 320 shootings involving five or more who were killed. Our world is in deep need of God's coming and God's presence with us. And there is this image that is common in the Hebrew scriptures, this image of God's right arm being the arm of strength, being the arm of might, being the arm of power. And in some ways, that's the arm we want, right? For God to come and make things right, set things right, do something, God. We see that later in Isaiah, in the 64th chapter. Oh, that you would open the heavens, tear open the heavens and come down. Do something, But here in the 40th chapter, the prophet uses this image of the right arm of God as an image of protection and of nurture. He will gather the flock. He will hold the lambs to his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This God, a God of nurture and a God of protection, this is the God who comes. I wish I could claim that I saw this myself Friday night at night in Bethlehem. <coughs> Excuse me. But Kim Ingram witnessed this. And this is the story she shared. As families were winding their way through the village of Bethlehem and through the marketplace, they come through and then they wind up over on this side where the stable is. And three of our young families with babies would work one-hour shifts apiece, being the holy family, Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus. And so one of our families was in repose in the stable. And a little girl walks up, about five years old, and she stands there and she's looking at the baby Jesus. And then she says, hi, God. Yeah, that, that is the God for whom we prepare the way. The God who doesn't smash people, but who comes to save the world through nurture, through protection. A God who needs nurture as a baby who comes to us, helpless, in need of relationship. Let us make the way plain for our God. Amen.